0: Hello And welcome to Pop-Tart. I'm Emily Rems. I'm Callie Watts. We are both editors at Bust Magazine in New York City. And today we have in the studio <laughs> comedy legend Rachel Dratch. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I didn't
1: know I was a legend. Oh, you are Thank legend. you. Now you
0: know. Thank you. Um, obviously, <laughs> everybody, of course, knows you from Saturday Night Live. Callie and I personally worship your work in Spring Breakdown. Oh, my gosh. It is a personal gosh, thank favorite you. of my ours. A deep
1: cut right off the bat. <laughs> <And>
0: thank you. <laughs> we are so very excited to talk to you.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: You're looking at us a little bit like we're from space. I am lefty. And right now I'm angry.
2: Ah, uh, the old fuckable janitor trope.
1: I like talking on that grounded landline. Two one two, baby. It takes a lot to trigger Cali Watts. Well, that's
2: nice. You need to find me this movie.
0: The reason for your visit is that you are here promoting an audio program called Sounds Like America. Oh, okay.
1: In case you didn't know, <laughs> I'm didn't here know to tell you. I know that was my top, top promotion, but well, yes. promote whatever you no, want. No, 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 happy <laughs> to promote Sounds Like America.
0: It's an audio comedy series from Audible that features vignettes and stories and jokes by comedians uh, about various areas of the United States, and you are the host of the Northeast. Yes, I did the Northeast host Patrol. Yes. You are Ms. Northeast. Yes. I'm not at all surprised because I feel like your comedic endeavors often showcase your impeccable, not only Boston accent, but I know in Sounds Like America, you show off your Maine accent. Oh, yeah. I tried Maine. Yeah. You've got a handle on a lot of those peculiar Northeastern yeah. vocal piccadillos. Oh, so wow. <laughs> thank you. I was not at all surprised that you were elected the spokeswoman yes, of the Northeast. It was,
1: it was an honor. Let me tell you. <laughs> You're from Massachusetts. Yes, from Lexington, Massachusetts. Yes.
0: And you don't have like that crazy hard Boston accent, but you can slip into it rather effortlessly. Is that something that you shed while becoming an actor um, or know did what? you never have it?
1: No, I never had it. But like half the people in my town had it and half didn't. And I don't know, you know, the rhyme or reason behind it. But, um, but yeah, but it was around me all the time. So Amy Poehler did have the accent. She' There's funny footage of her doing like some high school news report. She literally she, had she it. She is talking like that. Yeah. But no, I never had to shed it. So I don't know. This is me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then right before the Super Bowl, you and Tina Fey were back on Saturday Night Live. You had... The Boston accent, she had the Philly accent. You guys were colonial era going at it. Oh, you trying to get beat tonight? We don't need the British. We can settle this outside right now. Oh, good with me. Come on. Mm. One if by land, two by your mother. Oh.
1: Well, it's always fun to get that call. You know, will you come back to the show? You're like, you feel like you won the lottery or something. So um, I'm always happy to go back there. But that was extra fun because, you know, the Boston thing, I just always love doing that. And then I love Tina's. Philly accent—it makes me laugh so much. So it was super fun to be back there with her too, and I thought the sketch was really well written. So it was a win-win for everybody.
0: <laughs> it was my favorite me. sketch of the whole show. Oh, that, thanks. That it week. was fun. It was choice.
1: Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> I, T- you know, Tina is so good at accents. You know, we started doing that Boston thing when we were together at Second City, and we played this mother-daughter. Jax the- and Faye, Friday. right? Well, this was actually before even that. We did. We were just in shows together at Second City. In, the, in a, like, a six-person cast. And we did this scene where we were mother-daughter shopping at the Burlington Mall. And her Boston accent is, like, totally flawless, which is really unusual for someone that's not from there. But she is amazing at it.
0: Do you get feedback from locals, like, from where you're from about your accent when you do it?
1: Um, no, because since I'm from there, like, it's not, you know. People, people comment on people that can't do the accent yeah. sometimes, like, in movies and stuff. But no, um... If I had to do any other accent, I'm sure there'd be feedback, but that one's,
0: it's in my blood. Yeah. (laughs) And now, aside from Audible, sounds like America's also going to be on iTunes. If it's not on now, it will be very soon. It's joining, so that means you're joining the podcast revolution. All right. Do you have feelings about podcasts as a genre?
1: Oh, my gosh. You know, I'm so, like, I'm, like, 15 years behind everything. Like, I just got a microwave. Not too long ago.
2: Nice. um, Do you have a a landline?
1: I do have a landline, (laughs) but also a cell. I do have a landline. I don't know. I like talking on that grounded landline. She won two, baby. It sounds um, clear as a bell. So it does. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what was I gonna say? Uh oh yeah, podcast. No, like I'm not in the podcast loop. I mean, this I'm too embarrassed to say, like, I don't even know where you go to find a podcast. We like, can show it to you on I your am.
0: phone after. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. She can show you the world.
1: I love it when when, when young actors ask me for acting advice and I'm like Well, um, write your own stuff. You know, the power is in writing your own stuff, whatever. But I always forget, like, these days, you don't have to have someone. Like, you could just put it online, you know. And I don't even know that whole section of promoting yourself. But I'm, like, such a dinosaur that I just tell people old-fashioned advice. (laughs) You're like,
2: get a landline.
1: In my day, you had to send out postcards to try to get an agent.
2: With you'd your set, face on them.
1: With your face on them. And you stand on postage go, like, come see me and blah, blah, blah. You know, that was like a... You'd spend your time, like, marketing like that. And then hope that someone came and saw you. Yeah.
0: I spent my time putting putting postage on promotional postcards in okay. theater school and stuff. Okay, yeah. Pre-internet.
1: All right. Yeah, pre-internet. Right. Okay. Pre-internet. And look
0: how... F- and now here we all are. Here we are in this <laughs> glamorous <laughs> studio. Through the podcast mm-hmm. waves. Riding them. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about... <laughs> Your time on Saturday Night Live. Okay, you were there from '99 to 2006. Right, post Second City. You just mentioned you were there with Tina Fey. You guys did Dratch and Fey, which was your own sh- partnery. Sketch yes. show,
1: uh-huh.
0: and many, including myself, yeah, consider your time on the show the golden age of women on Saturday uh, Night Live. Go <laughs> <laughs> You were there. Tina Fey was there. Anna Gasteyer was there. Amy Poehler, Maya Rudolph, Kristen Wiig. I love being involved. God, I'm so, so freaking excited. I am very
3: hungry. Please, may I eat donut from your head? <laughs>
0: uh, my mother gave me the most beautiful leather coat on my birthday. You know how many times I've worn it this year. 0.00 It's
1: bananas! I myself never much cared for Colonel Angus. He robs me the wrong way. The gown,
2: horrible! The jewelry, whorish! Her hair looked like two cats had a fight in it! She's a hideous slut! Over to you, Alyssa!
3: Hello, Ozzy! I miss you, Dozzy! Mimi, say hello to Alex! We were
1: both fully clothed! He did not touch chat! And I did not see hogs.
0: And I can see Russia from my house. <laughs> and you were all so funny and so strong that I felt like we got to see so, so much funny women content. Did it feel like the golden age of women at, at Saturday Night Live when you were there? Or was it sort of that was something that was put on you? Is it something that you feel in retrospect? Um, you know what? It's funny because I hear people say that,
1: but I actually... Didn't feel that when we were there. I mean, I, one thing I felt was, you know, you hear like, oh, is bad for women. Like, you used to hear that. Yeah. I never experienced that. So I definitely felt like equal footing and all that. Um, and I felt like the women were strong when I was there. But, you know, when I grew up, well, whatever, watching it, you know, when I started watching it, I was, you know, Gilda Radner, Jane Curtin, Lorraine Newman. So they, to me, as a kid had just, like, it wasn't in my head to think, like, this is the women's scene. Like, Gilda Radner, you know, was my idol. So I never thought like that they were any different. So I grew up just not having that sort of boundary there. And then, you know, as I got older, like, Jan Hooks and Nora Dunn and um, now people are slipping my mind. But um, there were enough. And then, like, I mean, I grew up with, like, Carol Burnett, Lily Tomlin. You know, Mm -hmm. I was really little. And so um, it wasn't in my head of, like, the differentiation. And then you know, when we were there, we got a lot of good, you know, we got like magazine spreads and all the stuff like the ladies of us and all. But even now, when I watch like the women are super strong and they have been since I left, too. So I don't think, you know, we were any stronger than the women there now who are totally holding their own and um,
0: you know, I think you could argue they're Every bit is strong. I totally agree with you there. However, as a viewer, Uh I feel like the stuff that you guys were given to do was a lot more substantial than even the stuff that Gilda Radner or Jane Curtin Ah. were given to do. I feel like there was literally more screen time and there were more opportunities. Hmm. And somehow that was a result of there being just like this moment when you were all there and... The audience was really demanding to see you guys. Oh,
1: well, that's I mean, one other thing is like we um, all the actors on the show pretty much write their own stuff, which you might know or might not know or the, the uh-huh. listeners may know or not. But um, so there's the writers and then all the actors write as well. So, um, you know, we are creating our own material. Like I would team up with writers. You kind of find writers that you work well with. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I wrote a lot with Tina and um these two writers well Emily Spivey and Paula Pell the two were the two like main female writers my whole time there, so you know you would kind of like bring in your ideas and go off and write them with another actor or writer so um and then in terms of being like given material, that was just like if a writer happened to cast you in their scene, so I don't know what it was like in the old old days with like, right right am <laughs> sh- yeah, I know Gilda Radner wrote a lot with Alan Zweibel, who's like still um, a really good writer and working in the biz and all that. But anyway, it was sort of self-generated and then every once in a while. like The one thing I did that I remember really well was just like bestowed upon me by a writer was that um, weird creature with the arm coming out of its head. I <laughs> that was uh, whose name was Clicks, which I don't know. That's a, that's a deep cut for you too. But um, anyway, that all started because that was back when Angelina Jolie – um and, and kissed her brother at the Oscar oh, right yes. right so then this writer, Scott Wainio, wrote this weekend update piece where I was their child.
3: says, Our beautiful, beautiful son of politics so, say hi to the people, baby
1: more <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, it was such a hit that that creature came back in many incarnations, but um, that was generated by a writer that was like given to me, yeah. So the women write for themselves as well as getting material. Right,
0: right. I have a fantasy, and I'm sure that I'm not the only one that you guys are. We're all friends, and that you're all still friends, and you're this comedy girl gang, and you're an unstoppable force of comedy oh, nature. Is God. it true? The fantasy you, is true. If you had said, Nah, no, we all,
1: <laughs> no, Sorry, we all text. I would
2: leave here so. Depressed. No, we hang out.
1: We travel. We go to birthday. Trips and hang out and, yeah, it's all true. Are you being
0: real with me? I with am you? being real, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited to yeah. hear. We interviewed um, – Tina, for our 100th issue, that was, like, a, a couple of years ago, mm. and she mentioned something about there being a text chain yes. with, like, a whole bunch of you guys on it.
1: Yeah, that's true. Can you yes. tell
0: us any more about this elusive text chain? Oh, my chain? gosh. Well, Will it just, ever become a book or a movie? Oh, my movie? gosh. You know what?
1: <laughs> I've actually thought of that. I think it would make a good book because it's everything. It's, like, whatever, personal stuff, someone's going through something, or it's, like, someone commenting, like, you know, it's, like, the funniest commentary on whatever's happening it's like your own personal weekend update in a way, oh, and then gosh. it's also like, you know, whatever, mom, commiseration. You know, did this happen anyway? Like, so it's like it's kind of a whole, yeah. Me- Can you melange.
0: tell me who's on the text chain?
1: Uh, well, yeah. Um, it's uh, well, two writers, Paula and Emily. Uh uh-huh. And me, Anna, and uh, Tina, Amy, and uh, Maya. I think that's everybody. If I didn't oh my god, that anyone. sounds so funny. Yeah. So um, yeah. So we're in pretty constant contact which that's the name of the book
0: constant (laughs) contact Contact. it
1: should should coming to a coffee table near you let the bidding war
0: begin because (laughs) I am already waving my Mm. money in the face of anyone who makes this text chain become a book so let it be known um,
1: make it by hand the old fashioned way (laughs) okay
0: You have so many memorable characters from your time on Saturday Night Live. I was thinking about Denise from Boston, which, of course, the Boston accent was in full effect there. Sheldon from Wake Up Wakefield was so adorable. I feel like I went to Hebrew school with Sheldon oh, yeah. um, for sure. And yeah. um, my two favorites were <laughs> um, when you were with a lover of oh, Will yeah. Ferrell oh, in the, the tub, And you yeah. were eating, like, spiced meats Go in the Shanks. hot tub. Yeah.
3: Um, Oh! What is what? Well,
1: at this point during the soak, my lover and I usually crave spiced meat. Uh, Mm.
3: uh,
0: uh, uh, And, of course, Debbie Downer. Oh, yeah.
1: Tigger hugged me at the door and I thought I was gonna cry. I guess Roy isn't doing as well as they first thought. What? Who's Roy? Roy of Siegfried and Roy. He was attacked by his own tiger and suffered devastating injuries.
2: Uh,
0: Because I feel out of all of your characters, there's so many that were super funny, but somehow Debbie Downer became like this cultural shorthand where we didn't know how to explain that person before that character, and now we all have the term for her and like the all of 2017 was just like a wow oh my meow. god <laughs> it was just like the debbie downer year it
1: like it like out i don't even know it's just like out debbie downer like there's nothing because i thought there was a while when i thought of tweeting as debbie downer but it, as things became so bad like i couldn't top the reality like there yeah there, we were we are living debbie downer right now like there's a there's Whatever information every day, so I couldn't yeah. I couldn't add comedy on top of it.
0: Did you know someone who was like a total bomb of negativity, or um, did you write that's that one? Funny,
1: yeah, I wrote that with Paula Pell, and I I had the idea. The story itself is a downer, so I don't know if you mind this. But the, the origin of Debbie Downer is that I was on this trip um in Costa Rica. I traveled by myself. It was the only time I've ever Baller. traveled by. I know, and I went to this like eco lodge in Costa Rica. So there were these communal meals, and um. So we were just making chit chat and um, someone, you know, it was like, where are you from? And I said, New York. And then someone was like, oh, were you there for 9 And it was like, <laughs> it was like in the middle of the jungle. Like it was so not, it was also like three years after. So it wasn't like, you know totally like like yesterday but um <laughs> so then it kind of screeched everything I just was like ooh, you know and so then I kind of like glossed over it and I had to like shift the conversation back but it, I didn't think of it then like then a week later it just popped into my head that that moment just popped in my head it's like the name Debbie Downer but yeah so then Paul and I wrote that up and um at first on writing night we were trying to make it in an office or something and then it just kind of wasn't really working we were like we should put this somewhere really fun so we put in disney world and so that was the first one where we all started laughing um which was probably my favorite moment on the show even though i would try not to laugh you know because it's kind of like a cheap thing to get the audience on your side like i used to love when people would crack up on the show before i was on it but i would always try not to laugh but that one i don't know what happened we just got all silly and goofy speaking of hate if this Greenhouse effect keeps up, we'll all be living underwater. By the way, (laughs) by the way, it's official. Um. Yeah, and then that kind of just like took off because people would come up to me and say like, "Oh my gosh, that's my mother. That's my cousin. Whatever." People, everyone knows it. Everyone Down. knows. I'm but you asked it. if I know someone like that, and like that's how I thought of it. But I think there is a Debbie Downer that lives within me because I always want, like, I always want to say, you know, if, some, if someone's like, "Oh, it's great weather we're having," my I'm going to be like, "Yeah, climate change." So the person you yeah, know is like that. I guess that so. There's a there's a segment of that. I got to edit myself to not, <laughs> you know. I'm Jewish, so I think that's part of our DNA. Right. I don't know, yeah. maybe We're not. Just a sad We're warriors. That's we how we think roll. of what could go wrong and it's just like in my DNA. So,
0: there you go. You wrote a book. I did. In 2012, yes. called A Girl Walks Into a Bar. Yeah. Which I found very illuminating. It's always such a gift when you interview someone who's written a book. <laughs> it's like hallelujah. <laughs> um Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> but I you said some stuff that was very interesting to me in that book. Right in the beginning, you said these are pretty much the only parts I've oh been God, offered. Oh God, this yeah. Since I've been off Saturday, okay. Live. This has
1: changed since this though. Okay, this is what's a problem about writing a book. Writing a book is you think that this is how it's. It's like writing your diary. And then it's out there, but it's my diary from twenty twelve. Right, which so is so I, long ago. And I have like different feelings about some of these things. But at the time, yes, go on. Okay. <laughs>
0: so disclaimer. Well, this is I what the reality was, was in twenty twelve.
2: Like... Okay, go ahead. Well it's All nice on. to know things have changed. Okay. That's undoubtedly. But, but this is what, what?
0: it was. Is there like? backwards it was womp, womp. like this. For it was us. like this. Lesbians, <laughs> womp, womp? secretaries, sometimes secretaries who are lesbians. Yes usually much older than I am in real life, usually about 100 to 200 pounds more than I am in real life. I thought going to say
2: 100 to
0: 200. 100 years years older. old. Years older. <laughs> right. I am offered solely parts that I refer to as the unfuckables. And of course, this makes me furious for many, many reasons. That this was your reality, well, even if it's not anymore.
1: Okay. It was the reality. It shifted somehow, but it lasted like that for about, I don't know, maybe four years or something after SNL. So that's why I thought like, this is how it is now. But it was also, see, okay, I get really nervous talking about this. And the reason is because whenever I talk about this, some other online thing picks up one line I said, uh-huh. and then I become the poster child for this again. Right. And I hate, like, feeding the flames of this. I yeah. understand. So I speak about this with great trepidation. We will but, speak um, not, about it carefully. Okay. Um, so, yeah, but no, that's how, like, after I was done with SNL, Literally, like, every part I would get offered, whatever, audition, just audition, Uh um, was a part like that. And then it was just kind of, like, a rude awakening, because on SNL, like, you play anything. Like, the world of sketch, you play anything, you know? Right. And and also, like, before that, Second City, you play any part. And then it was just more like, welcome to Hollywood. It was like, you know, a whole different beast than it had been. So that was kind of surprising to me. But it was true, like, you know, I... I would usually, like, go up for, like, the weird friend, you know? But mm-hmm. then I wasn't even going with the weird friend. I was, like, the, <laughs> the pet troll of the weird friend. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my no. God. <laughs> uh, no, oh like, do don't, now, don't everyone say that I called myself a troll. I am not calling myself a troll. <laughs> uh, because that happened, too. Like, I've said something, like, oh, I usually play, like, in my book, I said, like, you know, woodland creatures or whatever. And then, like, I think I said trolls, but I didn't mean, like, ugly trolls, but then that's how somebody, mm-hmm. whatever. Anyway, I just I get very feared person. of, the, I fear the poll quote more than, like, heights and spiders. Right. So, and that can be my poll quote. I fear the poll quote more than heights and spiders. This I is like podcasting,
0: that. no poll quotes.
1: No, but you know what I mean, though. Yes. 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 So,
0: absolutely. But I have thoughts on this still. I would like to process. Sure. As someone who went to theater school and I walked in and they said, you would be such a great stage manager. No way. I noticed this. Wait, where
1: did you go to theater school? Emerson. Okay,
0: yeah. And. um, Oh, man. It's fine. I'm over it. Yeah. But, (laughs) But I noticed this right away and it also sort of dovetailed with some thoughts that I had been having about the culture in general. And I'm also not surprised that this has changed for you, because mm-hmm. I feel like the culture has changed in this specific way. It has nothing to do with being unfuckable, really. All of us look all different kinds of ways. We're all getting some. That just stands. However, people in Hollywood and like in the media that we consume, there's dudes who decide who gets to play all of these very many parts usually, generally, up until very recently. And there's this idea that no matter what kind of a part a person is playing, like whether it's a mom, whether it's a teen, whether like whether it's the custodian, like if it's a woman there's an added value to male viewers that they have to be able to very readily imagine fucking that Ah, uh, the old
2: fuckable janitor trope. Right,
0: like, not <laughs> fuckable in real <laughs> That's life. True. That's but, true. But, like, you have to be able to very readily imagine yourself sodomizing that person in order to have, like, <laughs> an enjoyable comedy experience. Yeah. Like, I am perfectly like happy to watch an entertainment in which there's all kinds of people looking all kinds of ways but there is this small subset of men who feel that like no matter what who you are or what you're playing like you have to like have a certain Jessica Rabbit quality mm-hmm. which doesn't even have so much to do as with aesthetics as attitude like i <laughs> don't put out like a ooh ah, like a so you just vibe you just, in the you world <laughs> thank you do all the time. Audibly, you do. <laughs> and and i don't think um, just based on the sketches that i've seen you do like your characters aren't like overwhelmingly sensual like even when you're being like no, the lovas sure. like yeah. your your persona in public isn't necessarily one that's like Begging a person to like imagine their sexual life. Co signed to that. Which is not the same as unfuckable. It's just like that's not on top. It's not up front. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, like all people who are like that were pretty much discarded for a really long time, regardless of their talent and regardless of like how much we actually want to see them. We were deprived of like so much variety that I feel like we're finally starting to get yeah do you agree with that long i treatise? love no that was good
1: i mean i hadn't thought of it like that unlike speeches but that's very good what you're saying
0: like, i'm thinking
2: with all much the more... times up in the me too maybe that was less of something that they're thinking oh let's make this person fuckable for the audience and more let's put this fuckable person in here so i can try to take advantage of them and actually fuck them <laughs>
0: I mean, legitimately, people would be like, I can't put you in this movie unless you're fuckable. Prove to me that you are. You know what I mean? Could you imagine
2: if this was like a real life thing and all my deli dudes had to be fuckable and all (laughs) like. The deliver your guy has to be fuckable. Oh, right. Though we did have those really hot two deliver guys uh-huh. for one point. Right. Well,
0: we work at Bust. There's It's a world of only women. So oh, like, yeah. we get Stockholm Syndrome where we're like obsessed with the UPS guy because it's the oh, only man that we see so all day. We oh, interviewed wow. them once for the... For <laughs> Men We Love Issue, we took pictures of oh, our so UPS cute. and FedEx guys. Oh, my gosh. And drooled over them later. And then oh,
2: we it. moved offices and I saw one of them eating a pizza and I just looked in the window and I was
0: like, there you go. He has a life outside. <laughs> You're inside of this industry, and yeah. I feel like you, like, got the shit under the stick in this specific regard in this industry. And now you're saying it's not like that anymore, and I'm happy to hear it, and I want to know how your life has changed.
1: Well, okay, no, it was like that for a while, and I had, like, um, I mean, I had, like, a, uh, where do I go from here, you know? But then, actually, that's why I wrote the book, because literally didn't have a lot of jobs and then I just it forced me to like anytime that stuff dies down in this business mm-hmm. I end up like I don't really enjoy writing because I find it really difficult but I end up like dragging myself to that computer or yeah. typewriter as it used to be <laughs> no but um and then like it forced me so actually that whole lull you know made me write this book um and I also like did other things like I just got out of the whole like I mean, I think when you're on SNL, you think like, I'm going to be a big movie star from here. Like, that's how it sort of used to be. And like, they used to do movies based on characters and stuff like that. But you know what? In the end, of course, it launched my career entirely. Um, And uh, now, I don't know. Like, I think I don't have like the, um, I don't have like such high aspirations, but I don't mean that to sound bad. What I mean is like, I just had to get adjusted. And I do a lot of theater. I do... Like, I'm working a lot. It's just, I'm not, like, star of my own show. So people, uh, like, in the book, as I said, people would always say to me, like, what happened to you? We missed you. Like, I would get that all the time. Uh-huh. And I, I don't mean we missed you. Like, I'm so great. But What I mean is people <laughs> like, what happened to you? We don't see it, you. you know. But I, even though I was still working, I wasn't, like, out there, out there. So, um, but now I kind of, whatever. Like, it, I, with time, I just, like, and, now, and of course I have a kid now. So I like having a lot of time for him. So everything kind of shifted I have fun doing a lot of different parts, and I don't just get, like, that script that says, you know, it's, like, literally, like... The grossest person like, alive. It to, yeah, it would literally say that, like, you know, um, Sandy, like, 80, unattractive. Like, that's literally what these things <laughs> would under say. The it would say, like, yeah. So th- those were always a little, like, oh, really, guys? You know, but, um, again, like, I kind of hate talking about this because I, I fear the resurgence of this... For me in my life. Like, th- that was, like, a time. Yeah. It is dead and gone. I don't want to, like, fan it. I appreciate you so indulging me. So don't ask. Me. Not you. But, I mean. Future people. This is <laughs> this ends here on this podcast. <laughs> right? This doesn't go out into the internet. Okay.
0: Obviously, I had a lot of feels about it. And I appreciate well, I know, you and indulging it's, me. It's, it is,
1: like, a very worthy topic. I just don't want to be, like, the torchbearer for it <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah. Imagine. Someone else, write your thesis on this. I'm out.
0: yeah after Saturday Night Live Tina wrote a part for you in 30 Rock and was taken away
1: yes well I don't want to say well yes it shifted yes they went in a different direction they went in a different direction
0: and I'm not gonna go like into why but I wanna know how it is that you and Tina maintained your friendship through that transition
1: well you know what? it's like that kind of thing happens so often mm-hmm. in casting and whatever. Like, there are so many people that get traded out for a pilot. So it's like that part of it was not very shocking to me. And then I got moved into to do these other little parts. So, like, that part was actually fine with me. I did not feel any, like, Ugh. But what, you know, kind of sucked about it is it was very public. So right. most people, when they get moved out of pilot... It's like a little blip. And because I don't know what it was, the timing or whatever, because I was on SNL, whatever it was, it just got like a ton of media attention right when I was leaving SNL. So it wasn't like how I would have planned to leave
0: SNL. is to then like have this big public like switch out thing. Uh Uh-huh. And would you like, just in terms of clarity of my timeline, after that happened, is that when you like jumped into gear to make Spring Breakdown? Is that how we got Uh, that movie? Spring
1: Breakdown, I think that happened... Before that, I think I had done that in the I sub- oh, Shoot, I don't remember. I don't even remember. Remember? Your I name. know it came out in 2009, <laughs> was... but
0: there was like a long time. Oh, she so came
1: out in 2009? Jeez. Like, because it yeah, was, they we were did holding it, it and well, then we it went did to it, video. I, it was
0: 40. I don't know. Regardless of whether it happened before or after, you wanted well, to happen be it before. Movie. It happened before? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So you made one.
1: Well, yeah. My friend, um, Ryan Shiraki, had this idea. And um, so then he. Um, got this deal to get it made and then I um helped him write it and yeah we made this movie
0: why isn't Breaking. it bigger it's so fucking oh my funny. gosh thank Prime, you it went to video. They, i
1: know i don't really that was another one of those like showbiz um i don't really know like it wasn't supposed to go straight to video but then you know what i never really found out why because like, i heard like 3 different reasons
2: my theory is that this was before bridesmaids and i think that they thought that all on all women cast could not pull uh i mean the cast of this if, if for people out there that don't know what spring breakdown is the greatest movie of all time the cast oh. <laughs> even even i wouldn't agree to that but anyways it's it's fun it's fun it's hilarious <laughs> to me it got me through like a lot of like really shitty times oh, good call the ladies over we'd watch spring breakdown i just got me some i mean there's so many oh good God.
0: one-liners in that what's <laughs> the one about the ch-
2: the you know what sitting on this lawn chair reminds me of? The time I had sex, sex on a lawn chair!
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes,
2: exactly. You know this better than I Judge, do. Jamie <laughs> Poehler, Parker Posey, Jane Lynch, Amber Tanner. Missy Pyle. Yeah, uh, oh my gosh, her character she's in so that yeah. was, she yeah. played like a a forever spring breaking uh, reception, like yeah, the hotel, hotel reception Yeah. And she's, she she's drank a lot and had a lot of Hilarious one liner Yeah, and basically, funny.
0: three women in their thirties end up chaperoning an age-appropriate young woman to spring break. And Amber Tamblyn. Amber Tamblyn, and then end up just like cutting loose. Yeah, and those so, like, three women in their thirties are Rachel Dratch, Amy Poehler, and Parker Posey. And I remember when I saw *Bridesmaids* and it became a huge hit. I was very, I enjoyed *Bridesmaids* very much, and I was very happy that it became a huge hit. And I was like, but also. Spring Breakdown. Like, why didn't this happen Well, we, ought, we both used that song, the Wilson Phillips song. I was just oh, I right ahead of time. If they're yes. obsessed with Wilson Phillips. <laughs> I was like, this Wilson Phillips moment was already in a movie ah. that I already enjoy.
1: Now more people got to see it in Bridesmaids. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but thank you.
2: Yeah, your character was married or oh, engaged yeah. to... Yes. To oh. gay Seth Myers. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to talk to Olive Breeves all the time before a brief right oh a that's thing, true pre-abreeves
1: right. oh yeah a nervy BD
2: nervy, <laughs> nervous breakdown
1: yeah oh that's true I forgot about that you guys were really ahead of time, time in, in so a many a breaker thank yeah. you for having
0: me on if you haven't watched <laughs> Spring Breakdown in a while Rachel Dratch mm. i suggest that you return to it
1: I have to you know what I I know this sounds so like cliche because people always say like I don't watch the things I do but I don't really watch what I do which I watch. whenever I would hear actors say that I was like what are you crazy like don't you want to check it out <laughs> and like yeah, maybe I watch once and then I like... Because it's just yeah. weird to see yourself on camera. I could
2: totally see Because in
1: your mind, sometimes, like, this moment was very
0: different than it appears. Translate and so too. I like
1: to have it in my mind.
0: Yeah. Callie, <laughs> how many times have you watched it? That's an impossible figure. Oh really? Like, more yeah, than 20? But my copy,
2: my DVD got hijacked from a oh friend I don't hang out with anymore. And I can't call her back for it. So now I have to find it legally on the internet because you can't find oh. it anywhere. But wow. you did find it illegally. Oh, I internet. found it. And then you sent <laughs> it to I put my me. husband to work. I was like you need to find me this movie.
0: Wow. Okay. Good. Thank you. <laughs> Bring me my happiness. Thank bag. you. You're looking at us a little bit like we're from space. I assumed that people came up to you talking about Spring Breakdown all the time. Is that untrue?
1: Not really. Like, I mean, yeah, it's kind of untrue. Like every once in a while, people will say that.
0: And then I was like, oh, thank you. You know, And maybe not with the white hot intensity that we're <laughs> sending your way right no, now. No,
1: that's okay. I mean,
2: <laughs> like the part I, mean where I enjoy it. Amy Pullers. Getting her hair corn-roaded. She's just like, we're friends laughing.
1: (laughs) I don't don't remember any of this.
0: (laughs) So, we ask everybody in this podcast what you're watching, but it goes without saying that all the time I'm watching the original 1960s soap opera of Dark Shadows, and Callie is always watching Spring Breakdown. That's just sort of like the the default of what we're always watching in addition to other things. Thank you. It's a gem. Mm. I'll drink gasoline if you put a lime in it. Oh,
2: no, that, line <laughs> that line I remember. That line I remember. That's comedy gold. That, that, that character was so good. I know, so once again, it's character. called
0: Spring Breakdown. It came out in 2009. It's not super easy to find, but do yourself a favor I think and it's on.
1: It. I think it's, someone's running it right now because a lot of people are mentioning it to Sweet. me lately. I think it's running on... I don't know what. Like a Netflix well, cable, or something. Yeah, something like that. I will showtime, I don't know.
0: I'm going to find it. Anyway.
1: <laughs> find it you. in your grocer's freezer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Rachel Dratch, are you a feminist? Yeah. Tell me about how you feel about defining yourself as that. When you started, has it evolved? Well, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. You know, you hear that
1: word and I'm just like, yeah. Do I want women to be equal members of society? full privileges yes so it's kind of a simple meaning for me yeah um thank you i remember when i was little i had this book and it was called girls are equal too which kind of doesn't make sense <laughs> it should just be like girls are equal but anyway so and i remember being like yes oh hell yes to this so i don't know i just kind of it seems like a kind of, I hate this phrase no brainer to me but um <laughs> exactly but uh yeah, I don't, I don't give a lot of, like, you know, treatise thought to it. I always <laughs> find but.
2: it interesting when we ask somebody and they give it pause and I'm like, what's going on in this long pause here? Where oh, Right. What are you, what are you For some reason, it's
1: been twisted to be some bad thing. It's a baggage pause. That you're, like, angry and, like, like a lefty angry person. You know what? I am lefty. Mm-hmm. And right now, I'm angry. <laughs> so, um, but, I mean, you know, with yeah. current, current situations – being as they are. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, I don't I don't have a lot
0: of pithy stuff to say about it, but that was actually something um I enjoyed when I started following you on social media is that like you're an angry lefty and you get political on the social meds. Um <laughs> social in, a, <laughs> shmeds, in a way that I you do. are not like in your public so, person.
1: I know so so at first, you know, when I joined Twitter it's like whatever. Like, if something funny occurred to me, I put it down. And then, like, as everything started shifting, then I had that crossroads of, like, well, do I, like, expose myself for the lefty that I am? Or do I just, like, keep it light and talk about, you know, I don't know. It's just all jokes. And then I was just like, I can't hold back anymore. So then, <laughs> so then I started tweeting anti-Trump. And then, um, and like, I would try to make funny comments. Like, I would try to put some wit to it. But then it kind of just evolved. I just was like, screw it. Like, I don't have to be a comedian. I'm just an angry citizen right now. And then I would just, like, you know, blorch out my feelings um, like I would if I weren't an actor. And every yeah. so often you hear someone say, like, you know, Hollywood, keep out of it. It's like, dude, I wasn't, like, in Hollywood for the first, you know, 33 years of my life. Like, I, as, I mean, whatever. Like, we're all just people. And, like, yeah. you know, these things affect me and my kid and, like, the planet. So I'm not going to. I don't know. I think that's a strange thing to get pissy about that yeah. an actor is making a comment. But yeah, I just took the the plunge to you know, the be anger plunge. Yeah, exactly. I appreciate
0: that you did. I like that you did.
1: Thank you. Anyway, it's kind of a good solace. Do solace, you, solace. Yeah. Do you, you have like
0: yeah, <laughs> a role in the resistance outside of Twitter? Like, are you? I mean, I really want to say yes.
1: And then picture myself with like a. A braid, headband, but um, I mean, you know, I'll go, I'll go do like a event or something like that, like a every town, you know, that kind of thing. But no, like I don't, I can't really say like I have any role in the resistance other than just <laughs> mentally resisting. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how to resist.
0: I think we're all figuring it out. And you yeah. have a platform, and you're a celeb, and you're out there saying this is fucking wrong all the time. So that. I think I and if they
1: won't listen to Katerpal Clicks saying that <laughs> the thing with the arm out of its head, I don't know who they're going to listen to <laughs> exactly.
0: So, so let me ask you about 2018. The year is still young. Yeah. Do you have hopes and dreams for this year? Oh My gosh, that's so. Um,
1: What's this? Coming is up? one thing I need to get better at is setting goals. You know, sometimes people say, um, oh, who would you want to work with in your dream? You know, I never think like that. Like, I, just, <laughs> I just kind of like, well, whatever comes up. You know what, yeah. what
2: I mean? like, <laughs> that's So, totally so like far that's been
1: working out. And like, but, you know, I was like, maybe I should at least set some sort of goal uh-huh. so I could attain it. But something just always like floats on by. One thing I learned like, you know, right when I was like when I was done with Second City in Chicago, like nothing was happening. And I was just like all like. Worried, oh, nothing's ever going to happen. And then, like, when I was off SNL, same thing. Like, you know, I'm never going to get another job again. And, like, I just learned, like, it always – something will come up, so why spend that time in worry? Like, just – just, like, put your hands on your head and lay in the stream. And, um, <laughs> and then, like, just float on down. And that's what I've been doing. It it's good for my brain to be like that. So, in answer to your question, I have no goals for 2018. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. Um, Uh... Geez, I don't know. I want to try to write more, even though, like I said, I find it difficult. But I want to try to write some more just little essays and stuff, uh-huh. maybe towards doing another book,
0: but I don't know. I don't know if that will happen. Um, that sounds good, because I, I find you a very entertaining writer.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Thanks. Um, yeah, I don't have the big, like, arc of a story like I had for the last one, but I just want to try to write and see what comes up. But, um, and... I don't know. I guess, I don't, yeah, like I said, I'm, I guess I'm not joking. I, I have no goals. <laughs> Are you
2: working on anything else right now?
1: Um, well, I did this uh, Adam Sandler movie that's coming out in the spring on Netflix called The Week Of, and I got to play Adam Sandler's wife. Well, it, was, um, it was fun. And um, that's like a big family comedy, like a big wedding comedy. And um, another project that I think is happening with some SNL ladies. Oh, Dot. Dot, dot. and um, <gasps> But I don't know if it's, like, you know, a thing yet. So that's a, that's a maybe down the road. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about it first. Oh, and then, oh, my gosh, I did this movie called Hurricane Bianca um, with, with Bianca, Bianca Del, Del- Rio. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. I
2: saw the trailer for that. Yeah, I played the <laughs> villain. So, I mean, so I'm good. like,
1: play this awful woman. It was kind of fun to do that. Like, just, I don't get to play like the villain a lot. Uh-huh. And I just play this like very, very stereotypical like Southern gay hater. You know I mean? oh like, the funny God. thing is, I got this. So we shot it in Texas and I got there and Matt, like, the director is so cool. His name is Matt Kugelman. And um, he's uh, like, I get there and he's like, hey, could you do a, an accent for this? And I was kind of like, uh okay like it's good i'm like it's not gonna sound authentic you know how like what we're talking about the boston accent like someone from the south is like that's not texas you know i'm sure i'm like just like a cartoon accent in this but i got to be like the southern you know gay hating lady (laughs) who and but anyway then we did um we did hurricane bianca 2 from russia with hate and Is coming out in May, and that is even more ridiculous than the first one. Oh my god! And Did you watch
0: Drag Race? Were you familiar with? Yes, yes, Bianca from that. Y- yeah, yeah.
1: I was a um, judge on that once. <gasps> yes, but oh it was god. not. It was not a good experience. <gasps> what happened? <laughs> well, because I froze up and I had nothing to say. So if you ever see it, I'm just silently looking, <laughs> silently sitting. There. So it was because you know what? It was the All Stars. So they uh-huh. were all really good. So they're all yeah. gonna be good. Yeah. So there was nothing bad to say. But then they want you to say bad things. And I literally, like, even if I wanted to be that person, like, I couldn't think of anything bad to say. So and was, the other guest host was um, judge was Janice Dickinson. Oh my god! You oh, imagine. Like, she, I gotta say though, she was like an awesome judge. Like I know, you know, she's a little out there, but she was she did the job. While I sat there silently. I mean, the, in the fear. All Stars
2: is so good. It's like, who are those? Ice skating commentators now Johnny Weir and- Oh and Tara Lipinski yeah. yeah yeah And they're like you know, somebody does something a little bit off and they're like, trash, that's trash. They brought that trash to the
1: ice. Right, because when you watch figure skating in the Olympics, like, it all looks great to me. Like, I don't yeah. get what, and then you're like, oh, you have to be a real expert. So it was the same with these, this all-star race. Like, they looked like great figure yeah. skaters to me. <laughs> yeah, your mind is I kind of think of, like, your lashes off. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I was a dud on that show. I'm going to fully sign off on that. But um, but I do like the show. I
0: love everything about the show except for that they're so mean to each other. off off, like the runway. I mean, maybe on the runway too. But like, I wish that we could all be fighting the real enemy. You know what I mean? Well, that's because you're used
2: to the Great American Bake Off, or what what is the Great British British Bake Off? -off. Where they're all polite and they're like,
0: they're so nice. I'm gonna beat
2: you, but your cake is delicious.
0: If you like competition (laughs) shows, but you don't like people being savage to each other, then watch British Bake Off. All right. Because it's just like everyone being so, like if someone's cake is about to fall, they like all rush to help oh, the person and stuff. That's nice. Yeah. Well, that's nice. <laughs>
2: Isn't that nice?
0: <laughs> we ask all of our guests uh, to wrap up their interviews what you're watching. And when I say oh. what you're watching, this is a very broad question. Mm-hmm. It co- contains books, okay. movies, music, podcasts, what oh it, whatever it is that you are consuming, we want to know about. I
1: them. just read a, two books one of them is like a huge downer i'm afraid to even say it it'll bring the whole room down it's called wave have you heard of it no like this is like the debbie downer answer tell it it's by this i mean i can't even it's <laughs> by a woman that lost i mean now okay she lost her whole family in the tsunami oh. i know i know it's intense okay but someone told me about it and then like i mean like that's the kind of book like i will read that like i won't get distracted Uh Because it's so compelling. She's a really good writer. Um, Oh, I saw The Big Sick. I like to see movies on planes. Loved The Big Sick. Um, Oh, my gosh. Last Two weeks ago, um, I was on an elevator with someone. And then I got off on the wrong floor. And so, like, I came back in. And I was like, oh, oops, I got off on the wrong floor. And she was like, hi. And I was like, hi. And she's like, I'm Holly Hunter. (gasps) In the elevator. I had an elevator encounter with Holly Hunter.
0: That is boss. It was so
1: exciting.
0: And she's the one who said hi to you. Well,
1: but by the way, she, was, she wasn't like I don't want to make it seem like she goes up to everyone like hi, I'm Holly Hunter. <laughs> like a, she said hi, and like I said hi, and then she was like she could tell like she has like blonde hair now at uh-huh. the moment, and she's teeny weeny in real life. Anyways, um, so anyway, that was so exciting for me. It was, and then I fanned out at her in the elevator. Oh, how uh, how I, was became not? A I was like, um, I did that thing where you're like um, um, I love you. <laughs> I was like, um, oh wow. Uh, like, I totally was that person. Uh-huh. That was exciting for me. But anyway, the big sick.
0: and uh, She was great in that.
1: Yeah, I love her, like I told her on the elevator. Um,
0: <laughs> Do you watch a lot of kid stuff with your kid?
1: I saw Jumanji with him. Mm-hmm. I've, I liked that one a lot. I have not seen it. Like, I wouldn't have gone on my own, but I was like, oh, this is pretty. Oh, you know what I saw with him that was awesome? SpongeBob the Musical. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. Have you guys seen it?
0: No, no but, but I want I- to so good. my godson to it a lot. I
1: think you'd enjoy it even going without a kid there. Like, it's like, because, you know, sometimes you go to these kids things. You're like, oh, here we go. Like, the franchise. and It's, yeah. like, really unimaginative. This was so good. Like, everything about it, I loved. The music, the set is amazing. Like, you walk in, and you're just, like, in That world. It's so cool. It's just crazy. And then they have this giant, like, mousetrap type thing. You know, like the Rube Goldberg. Yeah. They have a couple of those, like, giant. It's just so cool. I highly recommend SpongeBob the Musical. This has
0: been a delight. I'm so happy that you you came over.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, ladies. Lovely. And
0: when we return, I will ask Callie, what you're
3: watching? I'm Terrence Mickey, the creator and host of Memory Motel, a podcast that finds the drama in what we desperately want to remember or would rather forget. In season one, I explored such light topics as the different ways we remember the dead. Good afternoon, thank you for calling the New York Times classifieds Christine speaking, How may I may help you. Hi, my name's Terrence Mickey, and I'm calling to inquire about an obituary.
0: What information were you looking for that I could possibly help you with?
3: Okay. I'm a big procrastinator, but I'm going to die at some point, so I just want to be prepared. And to get to the bottom of Stockholm syndrome, I returned to the bank robbery where the first person was diagnosed with it. I always felt that I did something wrong. After almost 50 years, I felt, well, I didn't do anything
2: wrong. I did what I had to do. And I'm kind of feeling proud of myself.
3: And I followed a message in a bottle.
0: He starts talking to me about a bottle with a message in it. And he says, Turks and Caicos. i like... And, I'm, you know, I'm real expressive. You can't see me, but, like, I make a lot of faces. And I look at my cousin and I, real quizzically, and I go, I don't know what this guy's talking about. So I says, hold on a second. I put the phone down. I'm like, what? What?" And I go back on the phone. I go, okay, excuse me. What's a Turks and Caicos? I had no idea.
3: To see where your memories take me next, please subscribe to Memory Motel wherever you listen to your podcasts. And to share your memories, please reach out to me directly on Twitter at Terrence underscore Mickey or at Memory Motel. For updates on season two, visit our website, memorymotel.audio. And we're back.
0: Rachel Dratch is so nice and sweet and cute and nice. I loved it. I loved everything about it. Yeah. She's she's a gem. The Olympics. The Olympics. What about Are you watching it? No. You're not. I don't even know how to watch them. I don't have regular TV. All right.
2: So I've tried to Google like NBCOlympics.com. Oh. Well, I tried to go to something and I just couldn't find anything. Maybe I was trying to watch in between shows or something and nothing was live. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm living that clip life.
0: Like I just watch clips as opposed to like whole giant. Streaming I don't particularly things. care about the Olympics. I
2: like watching figure
0: skating, and that's
2: and I like uh, I like the movie Cool Runnings. <laughs> <laughs> I will where, tell you where my excitement ends for the Cool
0: Runnings. But uh, I will tell you that there's a figure skater, Adam Rippon.
2: Oh yes, this guy I who enjoy.
0: I'm living for. Like first of all, I'm so shocked that he's the first out gay winter olympian because i thought that rudy galindo was out i have no idea who that is he in my mind is the first out gay olympian he was also a figure skater and um you know he skated to somewhere over the rainbow with like a rainbow schmata and he was but i guess he wasn't officially out i don't know i guess it Anyway, I assumed that Rudy Galindo was the first, but apparently Adam Rippon is, and he did not meet our gross vice president because our vice president is a homophobe and does not deserve to be met by him. And That's a fact. So I appreciate that he refused to meet with him. And he's excellent on the social meds. If you're not following Adam Rippon on- He's on the Twit? Yeah. Well, I'm not he's on the He's really funny and good on there. Um. And also, in addition, is a very excellent skater, um, Callie. What is it that you're watching? Uh, I watched High Maintenance. Uh huh. Are you up on this? Yes, I am all caught up on High Maintenance. I love that show. It is surprising and beautiful. Yeah. Did you
2: see the snake episode?
0: Yes, I loved that one where
2: he's going to, he's delivering weed to like a feminist group. <laughs> They're
0: the most annoying feminists in oh, the world. God,
2: they were like, we're worried your beard maybe too triggering.
0: Like, I feel like that show in particular is made by feminists for feminists. Yeah. Like, it takes, you can tell when someone is, like, literally a misogynist and is making fun of feminists, and then you can tell where someone's making fun of feminists at a, a place of love. Yeah. And I feel like this was the, the second version, and I laughed and laughed.
2: Yeah, I, oh, I immediately was like, is that what people think I'm like when they meet me? <laughs> you know, that I'm going to be like,
0: shave your beard, I'm triggered. <laughs> Can we bring it you- takes a lot to trigger Callie Watts. Let <laughs> that be yeah. known. Yeah,
2: it does. Um, and then there was uh, the episode where the people won the lottery in the low-income housing and they couldn't use the gym. Yes. That is real.
0: That's real talk. That's so I won real. the housing lottery, but then because of my luscious research assistant, we didn't qualify. Damn. I, I should say he won it, and then because of him, we couldn't. But, like, damn. Yeah, I wasn't the disqualifying factor.
2: But it's such bullshit that, like... Because you're in the lottery, you can't use use all the amenities. Yeah. Like, it's what, like that. That's some bullshit. Mm-hmm. But I really liked that episode a lot. Um, I've also been watching the show Crashing because
0: Camillo really likes it. That's an HBO show, right? Yeah. It looks like a white guy who's living out his dreams. Is that what it is?
2: It is. And he's uh <laughs> he used to be like super religious and now he's atheist. Mm -hmm. but there was a whole episode about Mm pro-life so there's there's, they're playing golf and this one guy bill goes yeah you don't want to knock anybody up either you know what i mean when you got to deal with the death of that shit right not that i'm against abortion or anything and pete goes it's a complicated issue and bill says it really isn't you're aborting a life i'm not fucking a right to lifer but like for those people who fucking have an abortion to sit there and say they didn't kill somebody, it's bullshit. And then Pete goes, well, this is just two white men on a golf course discussing reproductive rights, so I'm glad he at least dropped that line. And um, and then Bill was like, yeah, you have to own it. That's like saying just because you didn't – it doesn't look like a baby yet. It's not a baby. And then they compare it to being like a cake batter and not putting the cake in the oven and shit. And I'm just like, oh. I, I got so irritated when I was watching this. I was like, Ah, turn the TV off these people are killing me like they're killing me like the dead baby they think that they killed it's mm-hmm. so I want to throw that show in the trash it <laughs> sounds like you just did yeah so anyway it's very irritating uh, RuPaul an Oprah interview <gasps>
0: Yes, you you sent me the link to Oprah interviewing RuPaul and I watched it immediately and I was so glad I did. We watched it instead of
2: something else that was on that day, right? It was like I was watching it instead of some awards show. Grammys maybe? Something and I was like this is so much better than that bullshit. Oh, it was instead of Trump's uh. Oh, State of the Union. State of the Union. I watched it (laughs) instead and it my favorite. I love when people refer to pants as the singular. And a like, pant. Yeah, and Oprah and Rue were talking about. Starts out with them just like talking about fashion at first, and this one designer that they like, and then Oprah goes the pant, and Rue is like the pant. And I was like, <laughs> oh my god, your passion for the a perfect pant.
0: white shirt. <laughs>
2: yeah, and um, it also came very obvious to me while watching that that I will never reach their level of fame because I haven't been archiving
0: my outfits. But you could, because you have so many legendary outfits. For those of you at home who can't see what I can see, Callie is wearing a head-to-toe ramen suit. I've
2: worn. She is a
0: giant cup of chicken ramen head to toe, and that deserves to be archived and, um, when you're done. With joint it. socks. I got Owen's oh, joints, joints on, on socks. her socks.
2: But Rue and Oprah both would take their outfits and mark label them, like the date and the event that they wore. Their uh, clothes have their own apartment where they're stored, right? And so I feel like in order to get that level of success, I would have had to know this was the outfit that you wore in this day. Put it in the vault. <laughs>
0: right. Label well, it. as as far as I know, we're not at the level yet where we can only wear a thing once.
2: But they weren't at that level yet either. They knew early oh, on. Oh, they
0: just knew. Yeah.
2: I mean, I understand why Rue did it because you don't want to wear the same drag, drag eleganza. Yeah. To the same where the same audience would be. Oprah. I mean, she just sees the future, I suppose. <laughs> Oh, and Rue just keeps replying, uh, referring uh, to himself as as the moon, as everything. I am everything and I am nothing at all. And you can tell Oprah is like, this is my new inspirational quote. I'm going to put on towels (laughs) or whatever. Yeah, she's going to put that on a mood board. That's what I've been watching.
0: Great. You know, uh, since the last time we were on these mics, Uh, Two Dope Queens has premiered on HBO. So far, I've just seen the first two episodes and every time Jessica and Phoebe are on there, it's magic. I just drink it up. I love their chemistry. I love seeing them together. I found so much better than the first. I was just about to say that. Outside of Jessica and Phoebe, the comedians on the second episode are better than the first one, except Michelle Buteau was on the first one and I really like Michelle Buteau. She was the best part of episode one and then Overall, in general, the level of everyone was making me laugh more in episode two.
2: Yeah, it's a mixed bag. But I I adore them so much. I wish it was much more of them and maybe, and what, they have three? Three comedians. comedians and, and a
0: special guest.
2: Yeah, knock one of those bitches out of there and let me
0: get more time with them. <laughs> you know? Right. I love them talking about black hair with Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah
2: Jessica Parker was so charming. And you could see, like, they hit her with some questioned some curveball, she was not re- prepared for. Also, she didn't know what she was getting into being on, like where there was going to be a huge to-do. And <laughs> she done wasn't ready makeup, for that jelly. And she was like, I would have put a hairpiece in. <laughs> I know this <laughs> is where I was
0: going. And she was so charming about it. I like that show very much. Um, I am almost embarrassed to tell you, but I have to tell you anyway, that I am watching Celebrity Big Brother and it's so good. Like This I've is never, the
2: Omarosa one, This right? is the
0: Amorosa one. So, like, you can log on and watch Omarosa, like, in the jacuzzi right now. What if this right was now. her
2: long con?
0: Just to be on Celebrity yeah, Brother? Yeah, and she
2: was like, I'm just going
0: to pretend that I work at the White House, not really have a, a spot. Like, people know pretend her from The Apprentice. And I think she was on The Apprentice more than once. Mm-hmm. But she also, people don't totally remember that she was on The Surreal Life. And she was bonkers on the surreal life. Yeah, there's nothing not bonkers about this lady. And so, like, she was
2: a long con and she purposely (laughs) made a big scene when she got fired just to bring more dash to her being on Big Brother. Because if she wasn't in the White House, nobody would care about Omarosa on Big Brother right now.
0: I think that being in the White House pays more than being on Celebrity Big Brother, but she's just going to be on any reality show, I think. 'Cause she knows that she's so she's like a savant. She's so good at it. Like so here's who's on who's on this show. Meta World Peace, who like used to be on the Lakers. He's this like Wait, his name is Meta World Peace? Yeah, he changed his name to Meta World Peace. I can't remember what his original name name was. But he's like you know, he's like an NBA All Star type person. And then Brandy Glanville, who is like a real housewife of Beverly Hills, who yeah. So that's- one of those people. And um, Keisha Knight Pulliam, a.k.a. Rudy. All right, that's the only one I know The so Cosby far. Show. Ross Matthews, who was, like, the gay intern on The Tonight Show back in the day and then, like, became, like, a pundit commentator. No perfect. idea who he is. And then Shannon Elizabeth, who was, like, the hot girl in the American Pie movies. She's done nothing since then. Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> Wait, who did... Debbie thinks Sugar Ray was. You know? We have a,
0: an article in our next issue of Bust Magazine, um, oh, an it's... interview with Fever Ray. Fever Ray. And Debbie thought we, it was Sugar Ray. She was like, why are we talking to Sugar Ray? <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. Um, and Omarosa. And then this dude, James Maslow, who used to have like his own like teen heartthrob Nickelodeon show. No idea. And Marissa Jarrett Winoker, who was Tracy Turnblad in the Broadway Hairspray. No, I and didn't. And she won a Tony for it. And then Ariana Gutierrez, who, do you remember when there was like the Miss Universe pageant and Steve Harvey announced the wrong winner and then took the crown away and put it on yeah. someone else? She was the one he took the crown away from, that he crowned and then decrowned. This is
2: what makes you a celebrity?
0: These uh-huh. Days? And then the last person is this UFC fighter, Chuck Liddell. So it's like they're using the term celebrity. So extremely loosely. Like, like everyone there literally, literally needs the money, baby. This like, is like... F-list big brother. And so Omarosa is just like the queen of the house and is ruling everyone with like her temper. I am appalled at their use of the word celebrity and her stories about the White House. She's like, you should all be very scared. And as scared as you should you are of Donald Trump, you should be even more scared of Mike Pence. Because he's like a crazy Christian. Wait, and like, so she
2: is talking about she's how talking insane, shit. but she was willing to work for them. Yeah. And people were like, well, why were you working there? She was like,
0: I thought it was my patriotic duty. It's, I Your can't Your patriotic look
2: away. duty would be to go there and poison them.
0: I can't look away. But the- What the fuck is wrong with that The best lady? moment of the show so far is like- Not that I'm encouraging people to kill the president. Don't. don't Keisha- <laughs> AKA Lil Rudy Huxtable, was like, how could you work for someone like that knowing how much pain he caused? And Omarosa looks like right in her face, right? Like, they're all, like, on the couch. And she's like, well, I'm sure you understand how it is. You know, like, you've defended Mr. Cosby. Ooh, burn! Like, right there. Like, bam. She was
2: on it. But that is a fair point I was just about to say. So fair. She and then they defender? ended up
0: being, you know, like like have a black girl magic alliance, which is oh, what they called it.
2: Yeah, but that's more like a two people with very loose ethical morals alliance that pretend to be I'm telling you stuff. that's what they called it.
0: Anyway, I can't look away. I'm not looking at it. <laughs> um, I went to my friend, the Heavy metal Neighbors, had a bad movie party. And we saw um, this movie from 1991 called Samurai Cop, which was oh, kind I've of seen it. like, a, of course have I've you seen it. it. I've the- I love it. It was a shitty movie. Samurai Cop is so crazy. It's like a low-budget, lethal weapon kind of situation, mm-hmm. but with a lot more martial arts. But the thing that was my favorite part of the movie is that the the lead who was playing, like, the Mel Gibson-y type part is an actor named Matthew Kuretis. He made the movie, and then they had to do reshoots. I'm sure that's what happened, because in some scenes he has like mel gibsony type hair and in other scenes he has like an atrocious dime store wig that's like, ah! sliding all over I his love head Love like it doesn't even look like it came from like it looks like it came off the shelf at ricky's it doesn't even look like a reputable wig i love this and so like he's just like doing all this kung fu It's like whops, whops, and the whole time you're just watching the hair slide around on his head it's crazy Um, I do not recommend it. It's a terrible movie. But if you're at a bad movie night, it is funny. And it's called Samurai Cop. And apparently it's a bad movie classic. The other bad movie we saw wasn't actually a movie. It was a a TV special that was from 1978 called the Star Wars Holiday Special, where they were trying to bank on like Star Wars fever, but they couldn't get everybody to like be in it. So they sort of put in some outtakes from the movie, pretending that they were it was new like they tried to put it into like a new context and the t- context was like there was a, ho- a christmas like holiday um on chewbacca's home planet and like chewbacca's wookie family is waiting for him to come home but he hasn't come home yet and nobody knows where he is so the majority of the action happens in chewbacca's house when chewbacca's not home and these wookies are waiting for him and if you recall Chewbacca doesn't talk. Okay? And neither does his family. Wookies make like noises, but they don't talk. So the majority of this of the holiday special is them waiting for him not talking. That is but- ridiculous. <laughs> There's like little cameos of like Carrie Fisher floats through and Mark Hamill but like for like so briefly, and then there's other guest stars like Harvey Corman's in it B Arthur's in it what? Diane Carroll's in it and Art Carney and Jefferson Starship and still it was like the boring it was the boring zone like it was a trip straight through the boring zone. I literally did not not figuratively literally fell asleep during the Star Wars holiday special from 1978 It was so bad that like you know the people who made it like pulled it and wouldn't let it be <laughs> after it came out like you couldn't get it after that and then it was like one of those things where you had to buy a vhs copy out of someone's backpack or something mm-hmm. and now like finally it's back out in the world and you can see why why it was, was taken George away. Lucas didn't want it to see the light of day because it's really shitty there was a show on Amazon Prime this is a 2014 documentary called if only cats could talk and trust I me think this that all the time I think it all the time too. I did not anticipate getting completely emotionally involved in this movie. Of course, but it has the word cats. Oh my god! So in this documentary, there's a woman named Jane. She's a woman of a certain age, probably around my age, forties. A woman of a certain age. <laughs> so her cat. She's a single lady with a cat named Frankie, and he goes missing. Not only does he go missing, he goes missing because this dude that she's dating let him out, and then on this? No, but he was just being like just not paying attention. And then he wasn't even sorry for it. So she broke up with him. Well, yeah, but we don't even see him. We just hear about him like that's how Jane knows that he's not the one because he let Frankie out and she is so heartbroken that he's lost. She totally plasters her entire neighborhood with posters about Frankie. And then she finds this dude. Um, His name is, I believe, James Francis, who is a cat detective. She hires a cat detective, and the two of them have, are totally vibing. Like, you keep expecting them to get together at the end. Like, they didn't show them, but I think off camera they were D.I. So she and this cat detective are scouring the entire neighborhood. Guess for how long they're looking for Frankie in this movie.
2: Two days, two weeks, nine
0: lives. 45 days. Okay, for 45 days, all day, every day, they're looking for Frankie. They're postering. They're going she doesn't into- have a job. Like, I think their jobs were looking... I don't know. (laughs) And, like, I don't... I'm sorry to be a spoiler here. I don't think anybody's going to watch it. They find him. They find him after 45 (laughs) days. And I was so wrapped up in, like... Of course you were. You're terrified that your cats will go missing. I am so terrified that my my cats will go missing.
2: why did you think you weren't going to be invested?
0: Because I'm like, I don't care about that lady. I don't care about her cats. And then I cared so much about her dumb cat. And I cried so much when they found him. Oh, my God. So, like, if that kind of an emotional journey is up your alley, then if only cats could talk on Amazon Prime. But, like, let it be known, it is not a good movie. (laughs) It is not a good movie. It is shoddily made. But somehow compelling. I wonder what this this cat detective is like. My work here is done. There's more cats that need to be found. And he like walks off into the sunset. Like if that's your jam, then watch it. And that Callie is what I've been watching. Well, this has been great. This has been so great. And I want to thank first and foremost, our producer, Rachel Withers, the greatest producer. (laughs) She's happening to me. Um, And, of course, our pal at the Listening Booth, Terrence and Mickey, and our girl gang at Bust Magazine. You can find me on Twitter, at Emily Rems. And you can email us both. I'm Emily Rems at Bust.com. I'm Callie W at Bust.com. And, as of now, you can learn more about this show and see more info on all of the episodes that we've had at our new podcast landing page, which is Bust.com slash Pop-Tarts. You can contact us there. You can listen to every episode there. It's such a cute page. I recommend it. (laughs) And finally, please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. If you don't, like, you'll be missing like Frankie was missing. But instead of just 45 days, you'll be missing forever. (laughs) And we want you to be found. We want to find you on the comments page of this podcast. So do it. It really, really helps us get the word out. We super duper appreciate it. Until next time. (smack) Muah! <smack>